Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Chat with Will for a second. I was like, man, I must have been talking right through service. So. Uh, no pressure, just like, like the songs, Word of God Speak. You know, <laughs> so then I get to speak. So, but thank God that He's the one that speaks through us, right? Amen. So let's pray. Father, thank you, thank you for being with us. Thank you for loving us and being gracious to us and being so kind to us. And Father, I thank you that we get to see Your heart every day in every way, and that we just know how much You love us. That we we are perfectly loved. That we are perfectly forgiven and that we are perfectly provided for in every way and we thank you for that father we thank you for your peace and your hope and your goodness in jesus name in the mighty name of yeshua amen. amen so i was like actually this week's been a hard week and it's hard because i i got tuesday we have we usually have our board meetings on zoom and I started getting sick, and I was like, "Man, my nose was running. It was like it was more like a water hydrant than a than a nose." <laughs> and so, of course, with all the stuff that's going on, everybody's like, like Psst, you know, saying, "Stay away," you know, and get get away from me. And so, so I was like, "Oh man, the Mother's Day's coming up," and so I made it through the day, and I got got it out. I'm outside, of course, right? So, so I get home. And we, we have a Zoom board meeting, and so coming up in like an hour. And so I text the guys. So I had another meeting in Darrington I, I was supposed to go to, and then go get on that. And I was like, I'm so sick, I can't even go to that meeting. So I thought, well, I, I text him. I said, hey, I'll try to show up for this meeting. It might be not very useful or something like that. And then I was like, you know what, I'm going to go lay down for just a minute. So I went, I went downstairs to lay down just so I was like, like I ain't going to chance sharing this with Linda, and next morning I woke up. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, I missed the board meeting. Like, I didn't see um, Jim's response was, well, just do it next week, you know. And so I woke up thinking, oh, I missed, the, I missed the board meeting, oh my gosh, you know. And so I kept thinking, man, um, I just want to feel better, I just want to feel better. And so... Yesterday, I um, told myself, you know what, I'm going to get up, I'm going to take a shower, clean up, put on some nice clothes, and Linda needed some Rotel. You know what Rotel is? Mm -hmm. Like some of you guys do. Down south, it's like the spicy tomato stuff, and they put it in everything. Like they put it in pancakes if they could. Someone <laughs> probably does, right? And so, so got four, she's like, give me four cans of Rotel, and, and so I got four cans of Rotel, and and I was like, like, I'm being brave. I'm feeling good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suck through this, and I'm going to get better. And I just got this gut feeling that I need to go check on my horses. Now, usually I just go feed my horses at a different time because they're out on pasture and grass. And, and um, I got one horse that's in a pen. And so, but, um, so I went out there, and I look, and all my horses are looking like in the pasture at something. Like, I know, I know the horses enough to know now, you know, something's up. And I was like, oh, man, what's going on? And, like, see, and by the way, when I left, I cleaned up so I could go to the Kentucky Derby, right? <laughs> so I even dressed up. I had my Rolls Royce shirt on. 
you know, Rolls Royce hat, and I was like, had my, my watch that Linda got me for her 20th anniversary. Like, I'm looking nice. I'm ready to watch. I'm, this is the first time in years I'm gonna get to watch the Derby, right? Look out there. I was like, what is that in the field? And it was a baby. One of my mares had a baby in the middle of all the pouring down rain. Now, mind you, this mare, I did not even know she was bred. In fact, I thought she, she was getting wormy. I was like, what's wrong with her stomach? It's so distended. So like I was calling my vet, calling everybody. I was like, I wormed her like a month ago and I was getting ready to worm her earlier this week. And, and I was like, it never, it never occurred to me that she was gonna have a baby. And so I went up there and she had a baby. And of course I had to get up and put it, I went and got a, what do you call those tents that you put up? So I put, put the tent up and, and um, got, got her all out of, the, out of the wet and her and her mom are good. And so, but um, my little 30 minute trip to the grocery store ended up, I got home at like 10.30 at night, soaking wet. And I'm thinking, this is not helping my case. So I went to bed when I woke up this morning, I felt really good. And I was like, hmm, okay, Father, thank you. So I actually called Jim yesterday, and I was like, I think I can do it. I was like, hopefully people aren't like, <laughs> stay away. But I was like, like, I didn't feel, I wouldn't have come if I was, felt really sick, just so you guys know. I feel good now. But um, I woke up, I feel way better, and I'm, I'm good to roll. But um, <clears throat> I had to watch reruns of the Kentucky Derby, <laughs> like normal. Yeah. Right? And like they don't ever replay all that stuff. And part of the thing is like for years, like I used to work at the, um, when I was getting started in the horse business, my dad was a pastor in a little town just outside of a town called Salisaw, Oklahoma, and they have a racetrack called Blue Ribbon Downs. And so I was like, I want to be with the horses. And so the only job anyone would give me was in the clubhouse. Now, when I say the clubhouse, this is... <laughs> not like a little club, this is huge, like Buck Owens and, and Roy Clark and all these like celebrities and stuff would all come down there, but it's like a stadium. And so that all I could get was a job bussing tables in, in this, and I was like, you know what, I'll take what I can get and I'll start there. And I bust tables for four months in that clubhouse, and, and um, so you had to wear this like Chippendales looking outfit. You know, you know, not that any of you guys know what that is, right? But anyway, it was just like, like, like a, not like I had clothes. It was just like a striped black shirt. It was like a tux and, and slacks and stuff like that, right? And so I was like, um, so anyway, I go up and down these stairs, and then finally one day I got a chance to go to groom horses. But I remember I'd watch, I'd watch the derby, and I watched a horse running that derby, and his name was Sunday Silence. This dates myself, because this was back in like 1989, 1988 or 19, 1989, and there was a trainer from Oklahoma, his name was Dwayne Lucas, and he started out in Oklahoma, and um, that horse won the, the, um, the Kentucky Derby, and so I always had an affinity, but I like watching every part of it, and um, like, Pastor James, what does this have to do with church? I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> Just hold, hold on. So anyway, I was watching the replay, and there was a horse. And this horse that won his name was Rich Strike. And I was listening to the trainer, and this horse 
was bought for $30,000. $30,000. Then the guy had a chance to sell him again for $30,000. Now, you're thinking, most in, only in Kentucky Derby time do you think $30,000 is cheap for a horse. Right? Everyone's like, oh, it's just a $30,000 horse. Well, most horses are like getting the millions and millions of dollars. So anyway, um, so he had no way of knowing that he was going to be even entered in this derby. But months ago, he calls his owner and says, hey, I think we might have something if you'll just trust me. Because a lot of things got to break our way, but I think we can actually do something. And so um, he get, get, the trainer calls his jockey. And he says, look, he says, I think we can get to the derby on this. And this guy, this jockey could have rode other horses. And he's like, we're going to get him out and we're going to run, but guess what? We're probably going to lose five or six races. I mean, like, if you're a jockey, you make your winning from, from the commissions from the, from the races. So, like, that means he's, it's going to cost him money to put his hope in this horse and this trainer that had just, like, not long ago lost everything in a fire and had to restart. And so he's got this $30,000 horse with this trainer that lost almost everything and he's building himself back up and it looks like it's a hopeless situation and now the trainer's telling him look I want you to ride but we're going to probably lose the first five or six races and, and he's like what and he goes why would you do that and he says because we're not trying to win we're trying to teach the horse to win now did you hear that he said we're not trying to win we're trying to teach the horse to win and I see that in our lives all the time. It's like we get this, we gotta be perfect, we gotta do this, we gotta do that, and everything. It's kinda kinda like like where we put so much pressure that we have to win all the time that we forget that even when we lose, we're still winning. Because God says in all things God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose, right? And so I thought that was amazing. So he goes out and he did lose some races, right? The day before the Kentucky Derby, he was not even entered. The other horse scraps, and he enters, and no one gave him a long shot. Like, I was watching a video of the ten horses who have no chance. He wasn't even bad enough to make that list. <laughs> not even bad enough to make that list. Now, now, think about that. All the things that had to go into place for this horse to win. And you think that God's not with people and that God isn't a great God and things can't change in your favor because sometimes we go through problems. Sometimes we go through struggles. Sometimes we go through situations and it looks hopeless. And everybody is betting against you. But what do you believe? What do you put your hope in? What do you trust in? You're like, Pastor James, this Kentucky Derby was yesterday. Today is Mother's Day. You done forgot to even say anything about mamas. And he was like, I'm actually going somewhere, right? Just give me a second, right? I was listening to another interview with, uh, with the owner. And the owner's from Oklahoma, by the way. Go Sooners, right? And so I love that. Sooner one on Rich Strike. You go, bud. You know. And so I was watching, I was watching an interview with him, and he was like, they're all just happy to be there, man. They're like, we, have, we just hope we run good enough so we can get into the next race to Belmont. Like, that was their attitude, except the owner said he went to the jockey and said, look, 
we could actually win this. He said, all you need to go do is run a 202.6 and we'll win this race. And so I was watching a race at, watching the, the, train, the owner giving an interview right after and he goes, yeah, I was telling him, I was like, it don't seem real. I was telling him, but I'm not sure I believed it. I told him, all you gotta do is run a 202.6 to win. And he's like, and we won. And, he, and the guy goes, do you know what time your horse ran? He's like, no, what, what are you running? He's like, 202.61. And they won the race. And there's another horse. The day before. And her name was Secret Oath. You know, all these guys always get the attention. You know, unless they're running in their, unless the gals are running in the derby, with some fillies winning colors. Great, great derby horse. James, where are you going with this? You're just a racehorse. <laughs> Her name was Secret Oath. When I think of Secret Oath, it, may, it reminds me of some of you moms. See, I, my mom, man, she is a great lady. I was so blessed. My mom's in heaven. She's not was, she is. She just got a new address, but she was one of the greatest influences on my life. She was like, I scared her a few times. I almost killed her before her time. When we used to pastor, my mom and dad used to pastor this church. And um, it's always like, it always starts off my mom and dad pastored this church somewhere. But they got this church going and, and they had bought a trailer house, like a brand new trailer house. And like, they're all excited and they bought like this um, five acre piece of land and, and um, it had peas. And so we were going out and they were, we were had to work. Like, so they're like, you're going to go out, we're going to clean this up. And so my mom and dad and my sisters are all out there. My mom is scared, was scared to death of snakes. And so I looked down and there's this stick. And I thought, mom, don't like snakes. And this looks like a snake. I wonder if I could scare mom. So I, I picked the, the stick up and I was like, Oh my gosh, it's a snake, Mom! And I threw it to her. And she catches it like this, looks at me and goes, BAM! Passes out, straight out. And I thought, oh my God, I killed my mom. I killed my mom. I was glad I didn't kill her, but I wished I hadn't done it when she come to. Right? And, and so she was a fun mom, but I remember she taught me grit, man. I remember I was down and I didn't want to get up and I didn't want to go do something. And um, my mom come, come knocked on the door of my room and, and opened the door and like she had to wade through. I had this real cool um, style of carpeting that probably not a lot of other people had. It's called clothes. <laughs> And so she's like, pick those carpet up, clothes up. I was like, that's my carpet. But she, she's like, James, get up. You got to go. I was like, I was real discouraged and sad. And I was like, I ain't getting up. I, ain't, I don't want to go, Mom. And my mom didn't say, oh, you poor baby. She said, look. She said, you have five seconds to get up or you won't be getting up ever again. <laughs> And you know what I did? I got up and I kept going, right? There is no time to feel sorry for yourself. She taught me that. My mom had cancer, when she had cancer and beat it, no one gave her hope. They said, you have six weeks to live. 
and, and prepare yourself. And she was doing some school study stuff, and and um, she finished her school study stuff, and she's like, okay, I guess I'm gonna go home to die. And she was at a minister's retreat. A lady walks up to her and prays for her, and she stops and she says, you know what? God said He's not done with you. He's gonna heal you, and you're gonna get better. And you know what? The next morning she got up and she was cancer free. And God completely healed her. And so she's seen miracles. She didn't just tell me <coughs> to, to tough it out. She lived it in front of me. My sister was sick. They sent her home. My mom and dad were at the church campgrounds in a, in a travel trailer. And everybody would tell my mom, she's going to die. She's going to die. And my mom would pray and go to church and cry and pray. And, and people would come and tell her, oh, well, it's because you don't have enough faith. And I want to tell you something. If anyone ever tells you that, that's not on you. You know what? We don't have, it's not about our faith. It's about his faith. And you know what's kind of, kind of funny is God honored my mom in the midst of that. So my mom would go and she, she would pray. And finally, the doctor sent my sister home. And they were like, guess what? Um, she's not going to make it. And so my mom and dad... She just leaves church when someone tells her that. Comes home and they're planning my sister's funeral. My sister's laying in bed. And God <coughs> says, get up. My sister says, no, I ain't getting up. She said, no, get up. She's like, no, I ain't getting up. I want to go home. I'm tired. Next day, or the next time he said, get up, she said, I thought I better. And she could barely move her, her leg. And so she just scooted her leg over to the side of the bed. And the moment it hit the ground... She was completely healed. And she got up and walked into the room while they're preparing her funeral. She hadn't eaten. She couldn't eat. They had to feed her intravenously and stuff like that. Hadn't eaten in months. She walks up and says, I want some breakfast. Completely healed. And you know, it makes me think of you guys as moms. The grit and the toughness, and the heartache, and the things that you go through that looks impossible, that no one else sees. The worries that you have about your kids, because when you have your kids, you always worry about them. The worries you have about, about how ends are going to meet, the worries about all these other things, but you keep going. You keep trusting God. You keep moving forward. And you know that God's going to make a way. You guys are great. You guys are what makes men strong. You guys are what keeps a house together. You are the glue of the family. And you guys are precious. And you guys should be honored. I was thinking of that horse, Secret Oath because it reminds me of a lady in the Bible. She wanted to be a mom. She wanted to be a mom more than anything else. Man, I can feel the presence of God because he wants to honor you guys. Maybe you feel hopeless right now. Maybe you're praying for a kid and you need something to change. Maybe you need a provision and you need that. God loves you, man. He's for you. He has a heart for you, and he has a hope for you. 
So there's this lady, her name is Hannah. Awesome, my wife, man, I can't forget her. She's a great mom too. And even great, greater, she has to put up with me <laughs> as my wife. I remember when I was younger, my daughter's like, we gotta get mom something for, for Mother's Day. And I was like, she's getting old enough, she had some money. And I was like, what, she's not my mom. I always get her something anyway, but I was like, she ain't my mom, she's your mom. You get her something and show her how much you love her, right? And so anyway, but um, I love my mom, and I love my wife, and I love you guys because of what, not just what you do, but who you are. So there's this lady, her name's Hannah. Anybody ever hear of Hannah? Now she wanted to be a mom more than anything. And so in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 1, it says this. There was a certain man from, from the Ramaithim, a zoophyte from the hill country. What did I do with my glasses? I lost my glasses and they're right here. From the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jeraom, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. You're like, why do they always put the genealogies in here? Especially when they're talking about Hannah, a lady. Well, those words aren't just words. Those names have such great meaning. You look at, look at Jerome, it means compassion. You look at Elihu, it means God of him. If you look at Tohu, it means repressed or a, or a base. And if you look at at, at Zuf, it means honeycomb. Ephraim means double fruit, fruitfulness, or for the Lord has made him faithful in the land of his affliction. God's setting us up for something when we can see what God's saying through the names and the places of these people. He's really saying to him, hey, guess what? I'm, a compass I'm the compassionate God of him who has repressed and abased the honeycomb that God has obtained and purchased and redeemed you. You think God's not trying to tell you something? That's in the names. That's what their names mean. And so you can read so much. This book is so deep. Like it's got so much more than we're just the surface. We just look at the letter. And if we just look at the letter, we forget that the, about the spirit. The Bible says the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. You can know the letter of the law, but if you don't have the spirit of life, this is more a, a weapon than it is something that will breathe life into somebody. And so here it's given these names and it's at, then it's talking about um, Elkanah, her husband, which actually means God has obtained or purchased or redeemed. And then he had another wife. But I'll get to that. One was called, he had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Penina, or Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. And I love this. So Penina has a, a meaning to her name too, and it means to turn, to angle, to corner. And then Hannah in Hebrew comes from the word Hanan, which means mercy or it means grace. And so when you see that, like when, when you see um, David says, says, the Lord prepares a table for me in the, uh, right in the presence of my enemies, you know what he's saying? He's, in Hebrew, the word for table is shulchan. And it comes from, it literally means 
shul place, Han comes from Hanan, which means grace. When you sit down at your table, you're like, we're going to say grace? Well, you're sitting down at the place of grace. So here, here's Hannah. And as we're, we're listening to God, what, what, or listening to God and trying to figure out what's going on in our lives, we can find out a lot what, what he's saying through her. And it says, year after year, a man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice the Lord Almighty at Shiloh. Shiloh, another name. You guys, like, like, do we think that these names just mean nothing? Like, like we're saying, oh, let's go to Fairview. Well, why was there Fairview? Like, I, my, my dad and mom lived in a town called Fairview, like, like in Fairview, Oklahoma. It's the middle of nowhere. Like, there's cowboys, coyotes, and rattlesnakes. We do have a big water tower, and there's about maybe 200, 2,000 people in the town, which is a big town. You're like, that's not very many, you know. We're famous for, like, the Gloss Mountains, man which is not mountains. My wife told me, I told her, we have mountains in Oklahoma. She's like, no, you don't. Those are hills, right? <laughs> and I, I was uh, like, those, and actually said, those aren't even hills, man. And so anyway, but um, where in the world am I going, right? So, but names mean something, right? Names are important. And so Shiloh, I mean, anybody's heard Shiloh or Shiloh or it means tranquility or rest. It comes from the root word shala, which means to be at rest, be quiet, to prosper, to be at ease. You think God's not trying to tell us a story? And so sometimes we get so caught up in just reading through here that we, if we don't go back to the, to the basics and say, hey, let's, let's look, what does that mean? Well, what does that mean? Well, why, why do I believe what I believe? Like, do I believe what I believe because someone told me or because I learned it through the spirit and through what he's saying that lines up with the word of God? But this is so deep and there's so much life. The rabbis, there's like four different levels uh, of, of how you study the scripture, right? And it starts all the way up here with the ladder, but it drops all the way down here. To, to the spirit and so the spirit's inside us right but what's inside us always like we talk about is inside out upside down what's inside us works out even if it feels like it's hopeless even if it looks like it's hopeless even if it looks like it's not going to work out when it's working out on the inside God says pretty soon I'm going to change it to your favor just like he did for the rich strike right just like he did for secret oath right I'm going somewhere. I only got an hour left. Okay. So it says, so there, here, here at, at Shiloh, where, where Hophni and Phinehas, more names, seriously, but I can't read all of them. The two sons of Eli's, Eli were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife Penina and to all her sons and daughters, man. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her and the Lord had closed her womb. And because the Lord had closed her womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her, 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 revival, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. You know what's happening is like, like she just wants a kid, man. 
She just that she knew in her heart that she was a mom. She knew in her heart that God had a great plan for her. And everything she tried, everything she done, it did not work out. And then there's this lady, her name's Panina, and, and she's having babies like rabbits, man. Like she she just just they're just popping out like rabbits, just everywhere. And then not only is she that, she's like, look at all I've got. Look at all I'm all, all this being happening in my life. Now look at you. You can't even have a kid. You're worthless. You're rotten. You, look at you. Anybody ever feel like that? You look out and see all these things happening all over the place, and you think, you know what? There's no way I'm going to win this. There's no way I'm going to get through this. There's no way this going. There's no way my kids are going to make it. There's no way this or that. Actually, I don't know any mom that probably says that. Well, my mom probably thought that a few times about me. <laughs> Hopeless situation. They didn't have like the Mayo Clinic or infertility clinics. You know what she did have was stories. She had stories about Abraham and, uh, and stories about Isaac. Yeah, Sarah, and you have Rebecca, and you see God doing miracles in those. But then it says, and she, and her revival pro- provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Elkanah, her husband, would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? And this is where I believe this story gets so real because he is so stupid. <laughs> like this is something that most of us guys say, right? The stupid thing, the stupid part, he goes, don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Whew. This dude just didn't get it. He slept on the couch that night. I guarantee you, Right? He says, don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Why are you weeping? Don't you see? Why are you downhearted? See, he he didn't get it. He didn't get it because he wasn't a mom. You guys get it. You guys have a discernment. You have intuition. You have gifts that us guys just don't have. Like, we can be dumber than a box of rocks. Like, my wife can tell me something. I was like, yeah, that ain't that ain't." whatever, and I go, whoosh, and then I was like, oh man, I should have listened. <laughs> right? And so, God puts that in you. It's a gift you guys have. Embrace that and, 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 and take it on, right? But he says, don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Once when she had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, at least she's eating again, at, Sh- at, at Shiloh, Remember what does Shiloh mean? It means tranquility or rest. To be at rest or to be quiet or to prosper or to be at ease. The Bible's given us some clues. Because when everything else is rocking and rolling around you, you have a place you can go. And you know where I find that? I find that in him. I just like, if he's in me, then I can just close my eyes and say, thank you, Father. I thank you that everything works out for me. Like, Pastor James, why, why do you say that? 
Because the scripture says, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to its purpose. You know what it means? Every setback is a setup for you to excel and to go forward. If you will just keep your eyes on him, hear him, hear his voice, hear what he's saying to you. His voice will be different than Panina. His voice will be different than even Elkanah. His voice will bring you to the truth because Panina was harassing her and Elkanah didn't believe. He's like, man, I'm enough. I mean, look at me. He must have looked a lot like me because he's really handsome and smart. And he's like, why would you want anything else? He just didn't think. That's not what God had birthed her for. She knew she had a destiny. She knew she had, had, had a reason to be alive. So here he's saying, once when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on a chair by the doorpost of the Lord's temple. In bitterness of soul, Hannah wept, prayed, wept much, and prayed to the Lord. And she made a vow, saying, Now I'm going to circle back to the horses. Remember, Rich Strike won the Derby, but there's a mare, a filly, not a Marietta, a filly. She's going to be a mama, I'll guarantee you. She's probably going to have lots of babies. Her name's Secret Oath. I was preparing, I was going to go somewhere completely different. Man, and the Holy Spirit, when I heard that name, he spoke to me about Hannah. There's promises that and, and stuff that you as moms have talked to the Lord about. And God said, I've heard that. I've heard what you've asked. I've heard what you've been crying. I've heard those things in the deepest part of your heart. I've heard those. And if he hears, then what he's saying, get ready. I'm getting ready to do something big in that area where you think it's impossible. In that area where you think it's, it's hopeless. Guys, you're like, oh man, I want some of that too. Well, good news is he's no respecter of persons. He'll do it for you too, but today I'm going to, it's their day. Just watch what he wants to do. He's a good God, man. And he loves you. And she made a vow, saying, O Lord Almighty, if you will look upon your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. Woo, he didn't ever have to have a haircut. How did he get so blessed? And she kept on praying to the Lord. Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart. Well, now listen where she was praying. Where does it say she was praying? She's praying in her heart. And her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. She is so hurt, and so she was so distraught, and she comes to where she should, which is comes to God, and she's made a vow to him, and she's like, like, God, if you'll just give me this, I'll do this. If you'll just do... And God's saying, do you know what? 
I'm going to give you that and I'm going to do it in a way that you never dreamed and it's going to be even better than you ever dreamed because guess what? You think you're just having a kid, but you're having one of the greatest prophets that ever graced this earth. Your son that's getting ready to be born, he's going to anoint a king, a king that is representative of the king of kings. Out of his line, the king of kings who is going to save the entire world is going to come. And you're going to play a part in that because of your faith, because you would not quit, because you would not give up. You kept going in spite of the odds, in spite of the hurt, in spite of the opposition. You kept going. And do you know something? God honors that. It's easy to do things when, when it's like you're dancing around like a Disney princess and everything just falls around and the birds and the rabbits are following you. And But when you're going through hell, when it looks impossible, when it looks hopeless, what do you do then? When everything you try doesn't work out, what do you do then? Because I'm telling you, that's what counts. Who are you? I'm telling you who you are. You are daughters and sons of the Most High God. He's not finished. He who began a good work will complete it. If you'll just trust him. Will you trust him? Hannah did, and it worked out pretty good for her. So I remember someone, a rabbi, talking during the, during the Holocaust. When these babies were born, they would have to hide because they would kill them. And so what they would do is they'd put a sock in their mouth when they'd cry. So these kids literally learned to cry with no sound. And there was such hurt and such anguish, but there's no cry like that, man. And so here we're looking at, at, at Hannah, and she had so much hurt that she couldn't get it out of her mouth, but she prayed from her heart. And that's what counts. What's in your heart? What is, desires has God put in your heart? The Bible says that God gives us the desires of our heart, right? So she kept praying in her mouth, pray, uh, and he observed her mouth, and he's like, why are you doing, drunk lady? Something wrong with you. Like, people might think there's something wrong with you. That was just a mom praying for her kid, fighting for her kid that wasn't even born yet, but she knew. She knew. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. And then Eli answered. And you're like, James, Pastor James, there's another word here written there. You're going to hit me with another word. Eli means high or elevated. It means my God when put with other names. So here, this high and elevated voice comes to her. It's like the voice of my God and says, guess what? Go in peace. Go in shalom. Go in completeness. Nothing missing, nothing broken. And may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. Whoa, wait a second. What just happened? God granted it to her. 
And so she's like, okay, I'll believe you when I have the baby. No, said she said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. And she went her way and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. You know what happened? She believed God. She believed his promise. And guess what happened? She had a son, and she named him Samuel. Samuel, of course, you're like, Pastor James, you're going to hit me with another. It means heard of God or remembered. Why? Because the Lord remembered her. This morning, we remember you guys. And not just us, the Lord does. And he's going to honor those things in your heart. Because he hears those prayers in your heart, even if you haven't muttered to anyone else. He'll just trust him and watch him. He's getting ready to show off. Amen? So, Father, we just bless these moms. We bless everyone here, but particularly the moms. Thank you for them, Father. Thank you for the sacrifices and the heart that they have for you and how much they, they love you, and we just praise you for that. Bless them lots. Bless everyone here lots. Well, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.